Welcome back to the Incidental Dog Movie Podcast. Uh, as you can see, we have a bit of a change of scenery here, and we got Alvin Yee back with us. Uh, this week, we are reviewing Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, directed by Edgar Wright, starring Michael Sarah and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. We are, I think, very excited to talk about this. Um, just looking at it, I see some heads. Not, Tom, Tom hates it, but as we all know, Tom is just a crotchety old man and a... You can also... So this is his him getting out in the world and doing something. Um, but uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is a uh, it's a possibly a comic book movie or a video game movie. We'll get into that, I'm sure. Um, but it's about a Scott Pilgrim played by Michael Sarah, who's kind of a uh, slacker supreme, and uh, he meets this girl Ramona. Hmm. And in order to uh, to date her and have a successful relationship, he has to defeat her seven evil exes in a video game style battle royales. Um, and uh, the movie just from there just goes on and becomes just amazing, in my opinion. Uh, as the uh, as the posters say, it's epic epicness. Um, so let's uh, I'm gonna turn it over to Alvin here. And uh, I know that I mentioned earlier, it's either a, it could be a video game movie or a comic book movie. Because it, it's adapted from a comic book. Oh. But it's a, hmm. kind of a video game movie. So why don't you speak to that a little oh, bit. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I didn't know that it was adapted from a comic book. Um, but, uh, but I, yeah, I would, I would consider this a video game movie. Mm -hmm. um, well, and, and, and I can see how there's some comic book elements into it because they do all the sound effects onto the, right on the screen and whatnot. Uh, but the way that it was it was shot, the way that it was filmed, and even some of the tongue-in-cheek humor, it was it was very much video game-ish. You know, when he defeats the first boss, explodes in a bunch of coins, he goes, "Oh look, coins!" <laughs> and he's like picking them up. It's like, oh, it's not enough to go on the bus. So very much, you know, very much video game stuff. Um, we see, you know, extra life. We see power meters urine meters there's like all sorts of <laughs> meters that you normally see in, in a video game and uh even even leveling up you know like an rpg so very much a video game movie and, and it was just brilliant i just i really enjoyed myself it was fun all the way through um and i thought it was also innovative and original um mm -hmm. i i watched through the whole entire thing and i was i was literally on the edge of my seat tom you saw me i was just uh astounded and uh and i had no idea what was going to happen next and and that's for me, that's my favorite kind of movie. If I have no idea where the story's gonna go, that keeps me engaged, and I really enjoy that. The the last movie that I saw that had this kind of originality and this kind of feel to it, that made me feel this way, was Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless mm. Mind. Mm. And that's what I kept thinking going through this. It's like, wow, I, haven't, I literally haven't seen anything like this since Eternal Sunshine, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and it gave me that feeling of, of just, I'm inhabiting this magical world. And it was amazing. Just, I, I loved every second of it. Um, there was, there was something, not just the, the video game references, but which were great because they were sort of video game references from the 80s and 90s. Hmm. Um, but they were integrated into the movie so well that they didn't feel forced or didn't feel out of place. It felt like that was part of that world, yeah. and it was it was just fantastic. Because I can't say enough how much I love this movie. Yeah, I think we're talking about it being integrated. It's consistent, like all the yeah. way through, yeah. like constantly. There, the Edgar Wright never felt a moment to kind of maybe pull you out of the video game world or pull you out of kind of some of the comic book. I know um, we went and saw it with my brothers and like they complained about the scene where he he gets rejected by Ramona and he goes and kind of hits his head mm -hmm. on the telephone pole and you see the thud, thud, yeah. thud and they their complaint was you know maybe he could have gotten rid of that to add some dramatic heft but I thought but then you just lose the consistency mm -hmm. you know this entire world constantly all the sound effects yeah. no matter what and maybe it adds a little bit of humor or a touch of humor to that scene but i didn't think so i thought that it was 
a powerful enough scene anyways. And that was something that actually really surprised me about this movie. I was expecting video game references, t tons of them. Mm -hmm. You know, I was expect, and I expect that from Edgar Wright as an amazing like satirist. Um, and I was expecting humor, um, actually not as much as we got. Mm -hmm. I think I will, I laughed so much at this movie constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what I wasn't expecting was for it to actually have characters with some decent depth, mm -hmm. um, which I don't know why I was expecting that because it's Edgar Wright. He's done that in both Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Okay. But I was really surprised by, I mean, there's simple little issues and themes here about the damage that you do when you dump somebody. Sure. Yeah, you mm -hmm. know, and yeah. how that actually does cause pain. Mm -hmm. And these characters, even though Michael Cera is kind of a slacker, in the end he has to come to terms with the fact that he's hurt knives. Mm -hmm. You know. And other people. And other, and other people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so it's not just this simple thing where he fights these battles and wins the girl. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of it. You know, so I was really impressed with... Yeah some of that and with and he has to really fight for for Ramona and even at the end I wasn't sure or convinced that he was going to to get her there's right. a part mm -hmm. of me that was saying yeah. he might not get her at the yeah end. that final scene I thought it was over yeah I thought she was gonna walk off into the doorway and uh, <laughs> and disappear you know mm -hmm. uh, I didn't I was actually shocked when that he ended up going after her. yeah I, I was thinking it was done but he has to be told to go after yeah. her. Yeah. So in my mind, like he's except he's not going after her, but he right. has, to, and he does, but yeah. he has to be told to. Yeah. So you have kind of a Hollywood ending without actually having a forced Hollywood ending. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I like that because, like, I was thinking, wow, he might end up with knives in the end, which, mm -hmm. uh -huh. which was, not awful. It just would have been weird, but it, indifferent. But that's okay. But um, I really enjoyed that. There was just twists all along the way through. Play. I think the way the movie set it up is that it would have worked either way. So if he would have ended up with knives, it would have still worked. And yeah. so that's why you're like unsure, because it could go either way. Let's let's talk about characters like knives, because I mean, she's kind of a supporting character. Mm -hmm. And I thought that something else this did really well was the supporting cast mm -hmm. and the importance of supporting characters. Mm -hmm. So let's just talk a little bit about all the supporting well, characters. I haven't heard what Tom's... Perfect casting. Yeah. No. Okay. All the way through. Um... It, I think the success of the movie really depended on casting those characters that were only on screen for 10 minutes mm -hmm. with the right actor. Mm. Um, and I, 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 like the, uh, I like that uh, Chris Evans and uh, Brandon Routh were both uh, villains in this movie. Yeah. Know, one having played um, Human Torch and one having played Superman. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. All the actors, I enjoyed all the characters. Hey. So yeah. Something else. This is a big. If you're, if you're worried about spoilers, but can I just mention that I loved when uh, Tom Jane and uh, Charles Clifton Jr. Uh, broke through the wall as the vegan police. Oh, that was awesome. Oh, that's Clifton Collins Jr. Yeah, and I. <laughs> just couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> that whole that vegan power. Oh, the vegan power was sequence. just amazing. Because, oh my goodness. Like, I was talking to Natasha about it. She was like, yeah, vegans do think they're better than everybody. Yeah. <laughs> they act like it gives them magical powers. Yeah. And yeah. it was it was just, it was an amazing scene. What would he like? Which could have been so cheesy. Yeah. But it came off so well. Yeah, and they, they, they mentioned like when they read the things that he did or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, you had a chicken sandwich. Chicken's not vegan? <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end when it's kind of serious when they like and you could feel it coming you're like high five high five and they go like yeah <laughs> and that was that's like in my mind that's a perfect example of what a cameo should be mm -hmm. like yeah. that's how you use cameos yeah. you know yeah. unlike the expendables where they show you the cameo in the trailer yeah, yeah. act you. like yeah. act like it's, <laughs> act like it's the entire movie yeah, yeah. Oh, so awful. Uh, uh, all right all right back up this sure. <laughs> somebody like you mentioned perfect casting, but like Anna Kendrick, uh, yeah. Kieran Culkin, and, and definitely Chris Evans and Brandon Roth and Jason Schwartzman, amazing. Just, yeah. Huh? I uh, mean, that was Kieran Culkin especially really surprised me because I heard mm, nothing about him sure. in yeah. this film. Didn't really see anything about him. No. He was incredible. Yeah. He was an amazing character. Uh, 
Yeah, he, in fact, out of all the characters in the film, he was probably the most charming. The most, had the most on-screen charisma. Yeah. He was just, he was great. <laughs> he was also gay. But so, like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just looking at you two and, like, just falling heads over heels over this guy. Well, he was charismatic. What he can was I say? charismatic, and he got every guy in the movie except for the main character. So. Yeah, exactly. Because he was so and charismatic. Well, he's got you too now, so. You can't resist. Wow, he's just that wonderful. Yeah, he almost had me. He only had me at hello, but I resisted. Yeah. It was okay. That line but. where Scott walks in and he says, okay, you've just seen a man's joke. And yeah. I apologize for that. <laughs> I, I just every few minutes after that movie, I was thinking that to myself and cracking up. It was hilarious. I love when they would do the uh, they do the bits when he would get up in bed and then Kieran would poke up and then another guy <laughs> oh, the other guy. and then eventually like another guy would and it was just I mean it was a simple gag. Yeah. But it was hilarious. It's just done yeah. very well. They all share the same bed. It was yeah. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But definitely casting. Everyone knew their part. Mm-hmm. You know, and and they filled the role. They didn't try to overdo it. Yeah. They didn't try to make too much of it. You know, but they filled it. Like it, it, it wasn't empty. There wasn't lack in anything that they did. Well, I speaking really... of casting, Michael Sarah, mm-hmm. and one of the actually, one of the criticisms that I've just read is that the reason this movie isn't doing well is because it's Michael Sarah doing Michael Sarah, mm. and nobody wants to see that anymore. Mm. I was actually thinking that this is Michael Sarah doing something very far from Michael Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was amazing in this. Mm-hmm. Actually, the first time I didn't like him. I, I saw the movie twice now. Okay. Um, I went saw it with you guys, and mm-hmm. I went saw it with him. Um, the, the first time I didn't... I wanted to see it again because I felt like, I felt like it was a better movie than I was giving it credit for. Um, so... Uh, the second time, I laughed less, but I enjoyed it more. Hmm. But the first time, I didn't really like it that much because I felt like Michael Sarah was really whining a lot. And I really can't stand whining characters. Hmm. Um, I almost felt like this was a step back for Michael Sarah. Huh. But the second time, I think I got a little bit more of, I don't know if I was in the wrong mood or something, but the second time, I got a little bit more of this character. He was still too whiny for me, but I really enjoyed um, especially in the fight scenes. He was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. No, I have to agree. The fight scenes were very good. Um, but I think I also agree with you that I didn't really like Michael Sarah. Yeah. I don't um, I don't in, understand in why she fell for him. Really. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. And so I, I can kinda see both points of views here about how he's Michael Sarah playing Michael Sarah, but he's also supposed to be playing a different character. Mm-hmm. Like he's supposed to be a stud. He's supposed to be this guy who who gets all these girls. Like he's the one. He's the one guy in the band who has dated everyone, right? And and I just could know of like three people. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> three girls. Well, there was there was the the crazy ex. Yeah. Right. The rocker. Then there was the drummer. Yeah. And then uh, then there was knives. And then there's there's Ramona Flowers. Mm-hmm. Right. So like there's supposed to be some sense of history of him being. Like this stuff, but like four even, girls in a lifetime doesn't. No, no, no. no but they they alluded to more. Okay. They did because I'm. You're right. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah. Right, right. Because mm-hmm. the the sister was who's it this time? Because like it was always like some new girl. Because, I mean, yeah, there was Kim the drummer, and then yeah, there was Knives, mm-hmm. but there's supposedly a whole slew of girls in between that he he broke their hearts. Right. So I had a hard time seeing him as being a stud, and as a heartbreaker. Like it really was just Michael Sarah playing Michael Sarah. But he was trying to fill this other role, and he wasn't. He wasn't well, maybe that that leads to the fact of like, it's, which is something that's kind of cool is this is possibly redefining what we think of as, or trying to posit a redefinition of stud. Sure. You know. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he's not this buff, totally charming, you know, amazing, you know, he's not um, Cary Grant. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't have. He's the he's the Woody Allen romantically. Where, yeah, he gets chicks all the time. How? Mm-hmm. Nobody knows. And but there he are, does. There are people yeah. like That's, that in this world. They're like, wait, wait, wait. What is she doing with that? Yeah, yeah you're one of those people. <laughs> you're one of those people. We still will understand. I felt like I could really relate to my sister. <laughs> At all. I don't get it. <laughs> but, 
No, uh, <laughs> I did. I am. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to bring it personal. That's fine. <laughs> Make it personal. <laughs> I think I, I want to go back to the comment that you said that people aren't seeing this movie because it's Michael Sarah playing Michael Sarah's character, and I think that might be actually a good explanation for why people aren't seeing this movie hmm. because they see the preview and they think, ah, oh, I think that there is a Michael Sarah kind of like he's he's flooded the market and we're afraid of him. Which, but I don't even, think that's what's happening even in this movie. Still, I, I could watch Michael Sarah be Michael Sarah over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Yeah, but the forever. thing is, the thing is, each one of his movies is a very unique movie. Yeah. No. Yeah. And that's what they're not giving credit for. It's Michael Sarah playing uh, a new version of the Michael Sarah persona, hmm. but it's in a very unique movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Youth and Revolt, Super Bad. Paper Heart, he actually plays Michael Sarah, but in a completely new way. And it's... And you mean that in a literal sense? I mean that literally. He, play, he is Michael Sarah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but it's in a completely different way. Yeah. Actually, much more similar to this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I liked his character. I, I do still think that it's... I don't think that it's different from his classic character that he... Comedic character that he always plays. I don't think... I think that there's a little bit of growth... He's at a different... He's playing to his age now, because I think mm. he is about 22, 23. Yeah. And he's playing what is kind of Michael Sarah character, a guy who doesn't have a lot of confidence, is kind of snarky. He's not awkward in this. No, no he's, he's not, not awkward. Which is kind like of what he's, he's been... He's grown a little. Yeah, yeah. he has grown a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I like that he gets angry and he takes charge. Yeah. You know, like when he's watching, like for Battle of the Bands, right? And he's seeing the two girls up in the balcony, and he's just watching, and he's watching, he's like, all right. We have to play right now, really loud. Yeah. And he goes out there and he takes charge, you know? Or like uh, when they're doing this other crazy battle, the second one, mm-hmm. and like he just, he takes charge. Like he gets, he gets mad at the guy, whatever his name was. Chris Evans guy. Yeah. yeah. Gets mad at him. He's like, that's it. We're going to do this. And he takes charge, which I really like. He did. So he has grown and he has, so it was a little bit of a twist on, on the typical Michael Sarah character. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I found the, with any of Michael Sarah's other characters, those fight scenes would not have been believable. I would not have bought it at all. With this character, I did. It didn't seem... Mm. The fact that he was completely kicking ass didn't seem foreign to what was going on in the movie. Mm-hmm. It seemed yeah. to fit. Whereas well, he, he gets beat up enough, too. Yeah. That, that, yeah. What do I yeah. do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I re- yeah the, the fight scenes... Let's, let's talk about the fight scenes. Because one of the criticisms I've heard about this film is that <coughs> the fight scenes start to weigh the movie down. What? Um, and the fight scenes get boring by the end. What? That's that's one of the criticisms I've heard. The fight scene is totally unique from all the other fight scenes. Mm-hmm. That's each, the way that I feel. But. You, each fight scene, which is something I, I mean, think about, each fight scene is a different genre of music. Mm-hmm. You realize that? The first, the first fight scene is emo. <laughs> it's, the next fight scene is sort of the jock rock. Uh, the um, the vegan fight scene is kind of the is the sort of Dave Matthews band kind of uh, the indie cooler than the rest yeah, of the rock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then you have the techno fight scene, mm-hmm. and then you finally have the pop fight scene at the end. Mm. So each one is within its own genre of music mm-hmm. and completely differentiated just alone by that. So what with the fight scene with Mae Whitman's character be? Oh, and that was the the uh, punk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Something that I really liked about that fight scene was that Ramona steps in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she decides that she's gonna fight too. Yeah. I really appreciated yeah. that that added a level of depth to her mm-hmm. as well and gave her something more she's no longer just the the woman that, you know, Scott Pilgrim's fighting for, mm-hmm. she's fighting as well. She's yeah. in this relationship. Yep. Yeah. She has something at she's stake fighting, here. She's fighting for the relationship as much as yeah. he is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I really, really appreciate because so often yeah. in in movies, women are just kind of the ones that you fight for, and they're just kind of yeah. the prize to be won. Yeah, a little princess in a tower. Yeah. 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 You know, and it's, there's, yeah. that's just a one, kind of one level character, you know, but how do we feel about Ramona? I think we... I, Punch Michael Sarah enough. Yeah, I think 
This movie yes, could have... Yes, Steve? Yeah. Steve's very, very determined to say something right now. No, well, I think this movie could have fallen very flat if she had been casted wrong. Ramona Flowers. Mm-hmm. If she was not as alluring of a character as she was, this movie wouldn't have worked. If they'd have put... Even, I actually think if they would have put someone who, like, Scarlett Johansson or... Um, name another big name a big name like, you know sex symbol actress yeah. right now if they would have put her in that Christy role Scott. no uh, if they would have put her in that role it wouldn't have worked because that's who you would have saw no Kristen Scott I don't even know who that is um Thomas oh Thomas Thomas Kristen Stewart Kristen Stewart Kristen Stewart, Kristen oh, Stewart. Okay. that girl <laughs> oh okay Kristen Stewart um, terrible that went awful yeah if that would have happened, then you would have seen that. It wouldn't have been, but because she's she was a very good actress, but also relatively unknown, um, she was Ramona Flowers mm. and mm-hmm. didn't sort of pop out of the screen as someone else. Mm-hmm. Change it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it yeah. was, she was very good in that role and made me, you, but you had to feel like she was someone worth fighting for. Because you're kind of going through this with him. Mm. And if she wasn't, it wouldn't have worked. No. I, I think what I really liked about her was that she was mysterious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Like, if it was, like, Kristen Stewart or Scarlett Johansson, it just would have been like, okay, like, the it girl, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but this wasn't the it girl. This was like, wow, who is she? Like, mysterious. Going around on rollerblades, melting the snow as she's going, <laughs> you know, going into the it's library. Nice you know, then uh, changing her hair every other week. No, and, uh, and Eternal Sunshine. Eternal Sunshine, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. one of the first things oh, yeah. that made me yeah. reference that. So, like, the whole thing, like, really, like, the whole thing, like, it was just, it was not formulaic. And mm-hmm. uh, and you didn't know what to expect. So I really liked um, that Ramona Flowers, you didn't, uh, you know, know who she was. And, and, again, when she steps in, that's there's added depth to the character, and you'll like her more as a person. And you see that she's actually a pretty cool girl. Um, and then one other thing I want to add about the fight scene, because that was a really good point you made about the music. One thing that I really enjoyed about all the different exes uh, that he had to fight, or the bosses, so to speak, it wasn't just like a straight, like, I have to overpower them and beat them in the Street Fighter match. Mm-hmm. He had to beat every one of them in their own unique way, mm-hmm. which, which made it that much better. You know, so you're combining like Street Fighter with Zelda, which was like Zelda music, <laughs> which I love. Yeah. Like, yeah. like all the classic music just floating in the background. I love just like hearing these things and, and knowing what that meant and, and then having that association with, with the movie. It was but anyways, like a real video game boss fight where you have to yeah. figure out the trick to beating this boss, right. not just fight them. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and because this was a movie and not a very specific video game, you could you could take different types of bosses from different genres of video games and and beat them you know like mm-hmm. like with a vegan like like tricking with the half and half right like you couldn't have that kind of boss fight in street fighter you know mm-hmm. or in zelda you know what i mean so so i really like that they were able to draw from all these different genres and and put it all together it was it was very well done very well researched i felt you know in every aspect I have to say that I enjoyed watching a three-piece rock band take down a, a electronica <laughs> a dance duo. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that scene itself was amazing. The yeah. big fighting, that, that was awesome. That was cool. Gorilla versus Dragon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. It's pretty classic. Twin Dragons. Something that I really appreciate is the, the work that this movie did to get up to the fight scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't. Something that was hiding in the back of my head that I was afraid of was we were gonna jump in. Boy likes girl. Boy starts fighting for girl, and that was gonna be it. Mm. But it takes a while. Yeah. You know, until he gets to that first fight, and they really mm. they care about those characters. They build them up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's dating. He's dating knives for a while. Yeah. There's a fair amount of scenes even without yeah. Mary yeah. Elizabeth Winston. I can't sure. think in my head time wise, but I was sitting there like. I was engaged, but at the same time, I was wondering when the full story was going to happen. And I liked that yeah. it, it took its time, it built yeah. its characters. Yeah. Because then you don't, there's something about the supporting characters, is that they all matter. Knives matters big time in the end. Oh, yeah. 
you know. And so every yeah. little person they build up, they give them something, yeah. and they really just impart them with just, I guess, substance really yeah. to the film. And you don't, yeah. you rarely get that. Yes. Supporting characters are normally there to just make jokes. Karen Culkin could yeah. have only been there to make jokes, but he. He's a big part of the reason why Scott Pilgrim fights. He's the guy mm. who tells him to fight sure. the first yeah. time. You know, and when he's fighting uh, Chris Evans' character, he's the guy who tells him to fight that. He just kind of, kind of sneaks over and says, you have to fight this guy. And <laughs> 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 it goes away. <laughs> but, and he's also, he's there to pick him up and to push him forward. And he's, they're all important. Anna Kendrick, we haven't really talked about. She wasn't in the film much. No. But she had a, a lot of presence. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really like Anna Kendrick. I, I've loved her since. Well, yeah. I've only seen her up in the air, but that made me a fan. Oh, yeah. So I was really happy mm -hmm. to see that she was in this movie. Yeah. You have to see her in Twilight. It's amazing. Twilight? <laughs> that's the only kidding. reason. It's that's a joke. The, that's the only reason I'm considering watching this movie. <laughs> Natasha will watch it with you. <clears throat> she, she will. will. Mm -hmm. I'll just plug your own in. <laughs> you know, I don't think there was uh, an actor over 35 in this movie. They were all like twenty something. Uh, Tom did. Well, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Jason Schwartzman. How old is Jason Schwartzman? Because he always plays I, young, but he's been around since Rush yeah. was thirty. He's probably like eighty. Yeah. He's <laughs> so old. <laughs> it's like it's, it's, it's a young cast. Yeah, it is a very young cast. Very yeah. young cast. Which is good. It kind of should. Well, be. it's a young movie. I mean, yeah. it is a young movie. There are references that if you're of a certain age, you will not get. Yeah. The, the Zelda stuff, you will not get that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Even the the you know extra life stuff, you may got may not get that. My dad would watch this and probably not get half of the jokes. Mm -hmm. The Nega Scott character, yes. that that's a Zelda reference. That unless you've played Zelda, yeah. Yeah. you're not getting that joke. Yeah. I mean, you can still get something from it, but you're not getting the full joke. No. Mm -hmm. Even the Final Fantasy, playing the Final Fantasy yeah, yeah. theme on his guitar, yeah. that's, I mean... <laughs> so bad. Mm -hmm. uh, something that... I think we kind of jumped away from this, but... Is it... I mean, we, we got to classify it, and I was, I, was, I was thinking about this. It's a video game movie, in my mind, but it is not a video game adaption because it's not really adapted from any video game. It's definitely a comic book adaption, mm. um, just because I know that the source material is out there and it exists. Okay. And I have heard from people that it is actually a extremely loyal adaption mm. of the comic book. Um, but I think something that was really cool with this movie, it, ga it gives me hope that somebody can, we could possibly start making good video game movies. Yeah. It can be done. It yeah. uses the video game mm. format. Right. Of level bosses, and, uh, you know. Mm -hmm. huh. But it's not—it's not a straight adaption, which again makes yeah. me weary for video game movies. But yeah. it is a video game movie. It's about video games, it's about video game culture, yeah. has video game references all the way throughout. I think part of the reason why it works is because it's so tongue in cheek, you mm -hmm. know. And 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 I think for that reason, I don't think we're going to be able to see a whole rash of good video game movies. Because when you have a good video game movie, or any video game movie, like, it's it's taken very seriously. You don't, mm -hmm. you don't do tongue-in-cheek. Like, you don't have, like, a pee meter going across the screen. You know, or like a boss meter down at the bottom. But you don't want that. That's goofy. But for this movie, it works because it's tongue-in-cheek, and it's, it's meant to be fun. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I guess you could try to do another one like this, but it would only be seen as you know, a knockoff or an attempt to try to beat it. Yeah, this I think this is gonna be one of those movies that n no imitator is gonna be able to. Yeah, you know, there are certain movies that just they have their own, their own unique style, yeah. and others have done that style. Maybe even have done it well, but yeah. that movie stands like so high above. The like rest. Equilibrium. Well, I was actually <laughs> I was actually thinking The Matrix. I was thinking The Matrix. <laughs> Matrix. Yeah. No, even, I was, even I, as the knockoff. Well, no, I personally like people who are better than the Matrix, <laughs> but the Matrix is very unique. Yeah. And no movie that has come after the Matrix has done what the Matrix has done. Mm. Or Pulp Fiction. No movie after Pulp Fiction yeah. has done quite what Pulp Fiction did. Mm. And I feel like this movie is so unique that no 
movie that tries to structure itself like a video game is going to be able to do what this movie did. Those are some big names you're putting up there with, so I'm interested for the uh, flip chart segment we've got coming up. But uh, before we get to that, let's do a little, let's just uh, sum it up. I'm sure these will be mainly positive. Let's uh, get some some quick reviews just about how you felt like, how you felt about it, and uh, and then we'll move on. So, um, uh, Stephen, let's start with you. Give you a quick review. Uh, my quick review is that. A beautiful film of imagination and nostalgia. Okay. And I would say that it is a hyper-kinetic aesthetic masterwork. It's oh. big words. Wow. It's yeah. big words. I'm not sure I can spell them on Twitter later. <laughs> <laughs> hyper-kinetic aesthetic masterwork. Yeah. I haven't tried to fit mine on Twitter yet, but uh, I was thinking something along the lines of um, old school video games plus cool new rock plus unique style equals one of the best movies of the year. I'm pretty sure that won't play. (laughs) (laughs) I'll pare it down a little bit. Yeah, unless you break it down to... Equals awesome with exclamation marks or smiley faces. You can look like a 14-year-old girl. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Short review? You got a a quick review? Yeah, I don't don't think I have anything that matches anything like that. Oh, don't worry about it. Yeah, so let's just cut me out of this. (laughs) I think I was just going to say that it's innovative, original, and, and beautifully done. Perfect. That works. Yeah, I got a better one. Oh, okay. Movie good. <laughs> I like movie. I like movie. I should fit in there. <laughs> better than Citizen Kane. <laughs> you put it with Matrix and Pulp Fiction. I, was just I might points. be willing to put this with Citizen Kane. But um I think it's one that's gonna appreciate. Yeah. I am yeah. really high on it right now. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, what it's happens? Not the Expendables, but what are you going to do? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, the Expendables is... Uh. Anyways, uh, ending on a low note. <laughs> Alright, so... Uh, <laughs> next we're going to go do our uh, flip chart segment, so... Okay. Uh, now we're going to move into our flip chart segment. Uh, we're going to go on to flipchart.com. And uh, well, basically what it does is it gives us two movies uh, to rank up against each other and we pick which one we think is the better movie. And we're going to add Scott Pilgrim vs. the World to our flip chart rankings now. So it's going to give us Scott Pilgrim vs. three other movies. And the first movie up is The Others versus Scott Pilgrim versus The World. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see The Others so I can't comment on this particular one. No. Oh, okay. Uh, the others, when I watched it, it really surprised me, and it kind mm-hmm. of, I think it was honestly one of my first real introductions also to Nicole Kidman. Um, really? Wow. Yeah. Like, well, I, I think one where I first kind of, like, it's just not really me, but oh, where I accepted her and recognized her as an actress, where I really, like, yeah, not far away. I was <laughs> She was beautiful! She was, yeah, she was awesome. That's a bad Tom Cruise movie. It was a bad time. It was a bad time. <laughs> she was beautiful. But, and the other is also a really cool, um, I'm thinking more like Moulin Rouge with her as well. Yeah. Uh, um, it's a cool Moulin horror Rouge. movie. Like, it's really, and a good ghost story, but um, it's not as unique to me as Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And I don't think it, it will last. I want to watch Scott Pilgrim vs. the World a lot more. I've seen the others twice. I'm okay with myself. Yeah. I agree. A Scott Pilgrim is this much more of a unique movie. Um, it's a movie that I will have when mm-hmm. it becomes available. Um, the others, if it's on Netflix, cool. Uh, I think one thing the others does that's unique is it makes light scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Light is the scary thing in that movie. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's one of the best uses of light. Light and shadow mm. uh, in, in a horror movie. Mm. Um, Which is saying a lot. Yeah. yeah. I actually think it's a more perfect movie than Scott Pilgrim. I don't think it's a more unique movie. So it's kind of hard to choose. I, I really am a big fan of the others. And Scott Pilgrim's like a new kid on the block right now. So I think I'd actually pick the others for this one. Oh. I mean, you can go ahead and pick it. It's a wasted vote. <laughs> I'm not voting. It's not a big deal to me, though, because of... Ralph Nader, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Over it here. matters. It sends a message. I bet you don't know who to vote for. Alright, next, <laughs> next matchup is Scott Pilgrim versus Spaceballs. Uh, I've gone record saying that I'm not a huge yeah. fan of Spaceballs, so this is easy. Scott Pilgrim. I think we all kind of have, yeah. No. Spaceballs is... I think I've probably said this before in Flipchart, but people like it because it's a Star Wars movie, not because it's actually funny or very good. Um, uh, and Mel Brooks has done, done so much better. Yeah. yeah a lot yeah. more than it's well, it was. It was very iconic for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of lost some of that. And uh, I think I think maybe that kind of comedy has become dated <gasps> in general. Um, and I, yeah. You probably like. What do you mean by like that type of? How would you classify? If they made a movie against? like Robin Hood Men in Tights or Spaceballs or um, this sort of uh, kooky satire, mm-hmm. I don't think that would. I mean, well, they are vampires suck. I don't think anybody's actually gonna. Well, there are probably some like twelve-year-olds that will see that, but. Nobody, that kind of movie yeah, just doesn't. Date movie. Yeah, those kind yeah. of movies just don't really fly anymore. No, um, it's not because it's not because they don't fly. Because those movies are really horrible. Those movies are really made. horrible. But I also yeah. think that kind of comedy is dated. I really enjoyed I, it when I was eight. Yeah. Twelve. Yeah. You go back and watch Airplane. Airplane is still a hilarious movie. Yeah, it is. Still, yeah, that was Airplane well still carries. Yeah. 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 For some reason, Spaceballs. Spaceballs is, is a more hit and miss comedy. Yeah. It's, it's a very funny, quotable movie, but it's not consistent. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's no contest against Scott Bowling. No. There's no, there's no e- even as a satire, it's no yeah. contest. Oh yeah. yeah. No. There's no real depth to the comedy either. I think with the, what's good about Airplane is there's a joke a minute, and some of them you can't catch when you're a little kid. You can only catch them when you're older. <laughs> I've never been in a service prison. Some, yeah. <laughs> some of those jokes are so bizarre, and some of them are so character-based yeah. in Airplane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing is that he can't he can't take a drink without Oh, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, like my yeah, favorite yeah. joke in the whole movie. Yeah. It's awesome. I have a drinking problem. And yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Scott, Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim, Pilgrim yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Scott Pilgrim's gone two out of three. Oh, oh no! Wow. Oh no! Wow. Scott Pilgrim versus the Lion King. Wow! This is tough because I'm really high like on a, Scott Pilgrim right now. You sound like a bunch of little girls. Lion that's, King. That's the, oh! You gotta temper yourself. Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Lion King is now. I would, okay. Disney movie. I would say if this was Beauty and the Beast, it wouldn't be as difficult. But the, I'm not as big of a fan of Lion King as I am some other films. I, it's mm. great, I agree. I mean, it's a well-done animated version of Hamlet, which is awesome. Mm. But... With talking animals. With, talking yeah, animals. talking animals. It's really good music. Songs. They, they stole from DreamWorks. <laughs> um, so... What? What's the joke? <laughs> it's a joke. DreamWorks yeah. stole DreamWorks, that's... Uh, well, until recently, that was their main talking way they animals. made movies. Let's. What should we do? Talking animals. Brilliant. Yes. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, supposedly this was stolen from a Japanese movie. It was something called like oh, the, yeah, white, the White yeah. Talking Lion or something like that. Uh, probably. Well, there are I, original I, ideas. Yeah, so. yeah. I have okay. no problem. I mean, if that's the case, then that was stolen from Hamlet. So. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. This is tough. I definitely have to go with The Lion King here. The Lion King is just one of those all-time favorite movies for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, The Lion King is very, very powerful. I mean, you could you could watch it now, and still have the same feelings of wow, that just blew me away. I just don't. I don't have enough distance from Scott Pilgrim to, to well, judge see, it objectively. Kind of where I'm sitting right now is Scott. Right, right now, I'm really loving Scott Pilgrim. I want to go tell all my friends about it. Yeah. yeah. But the reasons I want to go tell them is because it's funny. It's fun. It's really unique. Mm-hmm. But it does not have the emotional heft. Yeah. That the Lion King yeah, does. And it does not while that Scott Pilgrim stays with me, yeah. it does not stay with me for the same reasons that the Lion King does. Or for the same the amount of really importance that the Lion King stands sure. as far as film goes. Yeah. Um I think Scott Pilgrim will have a very important place in film history. Um but I still don't know if it will be as important as as the Lion King, which is for me I'm the same way kind of with Beauty and the Beast. 
either Beauty and the Beast or The Lion King mm. are the best thing that Disney has ever done. Well, yeah. We're not yeah. counting Pixar. Pixar is definitely, definitely has the, as a musical, is definitely mm. the pinnacle of, of yeah. the Disney movies. Yeah. Because The Lion King is, is less of a musical than it is an animated film with songs. Yeah. It really doesn't have Beauty a lot of Beauty and the Beast has those themes all the way through mm -hmm. that they keep going back to. For me, I gotta go with Lion King. Yeah, I think I would go with Lion King just because Scott Pilgrim hasn't proven itself yet, mm -hmm. and so I don't think I can. <clears throat> I don't think I can judge it objectively. Yeah. I mean, I love Scott Pilgrim, but I mean, we all acknowledge that it really only targets a very specific audience. That's true. And you yeah. go, you go twenty years from now, people aren't gonna get it. There aren't gonna be people who understand the eight-bit video gaming. That's era. true. That's true. You know, and that hurts me a lot inside. I mean, <laughs> actually, that was that was one of the things I did not enjoy about Scott Pilgrim is is the dialogue seemed a little too cutesy a lot of the time. A lot of it was 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 amazing, but there were just moments where I was like, you know, I'm not sure I understand what you mean by cutesy. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, you're making me angry. Uh, <laughs> Because sometimes that's the way that I talk. Kind of like, kind of like, <laughs> kind of like the same criticism that people have for Juno. Oh, okay. Where it's, it's that like hipster dialogue almost. No, yeah. Or, yeah. Or, no. It just some of it got on my nerves. Uh, more often than not, uh, the dialogue made me laugh because it was just really clever mm. dialogue. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And it's kind of the same way I feel about Juno. No. Like mo more often than not, I, I found it to be clever, enjoyable, sure. funny. But then some of it was just like, oh, that's a little too, you know, cutesy. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think. <laughs> I think it's. I don't know about the cutesy Dad, stuff. Your pipe smoke it. <laughs> yeah. It's. I think it's definitely going to be dated. That's the thing. You know. I think twenty years from now, we'll look, we will look back at it and we'll still think that it was awesome. Not if we fight for it. <laughs> And if we make people play 8-bit video... 8-bit video games are getting a little bit of revival. That's true, With, yeah. like, live oh, arcades and things. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but still, like, 20, 20 years... I mean, even, like, even, even now, yeah. like, Lion King's got the universal appeal. It's, you, right? you're, I you think can, you're yeah. square on about that. Yeah, from, like, like 5 to yeah. 500, mm -hmm. all right? You could watch Lion King and love it. Yeah. You could. Yeah. Well, I don't know about 500, because it probably just in so much pain, it doesn't matter. <laughs> If you get to 500, <laughs> you look as good as me, you will not. Just saying. <laughs> okay, so Lion King. All right, Lion so King. Take Lion King. And then do some random rankings. Probably three. How do we do that? <laughs> <laughs> Probably three. Rank more uh, movies? Not Scott Pilgrim related rankings. Yeah, go Yeah, ahead. rank more movies. Yeah. Rank more movies. You can click on it if you want. Oh, yeah. No, it's, uh, it's going. Well, it's All right. <laughs> Oh, oh, close. Oh. Hit close. Hit close. <laughs> Where's the close box? It's right there. Yeah, it says close. Okay. And there's Sorry. that. My bad. Maybe as long as like an illicit pop up on the screen. <laughs> Get rid of it. All right. We got... I'm sorry. I still think we should be looking at boobies. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> All right. Boobies? Glad we got the sound working out this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Breakfast Club versus Hulk. This is the. 2003 version that directed, yeah. no. which was awful. I disagree. I know you did. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. No, I'm I, a, I, well, yeah. like it was like super awful. Is that what you're trying to say? Like, no, I am the rare person who came out of. I liked it. I liked the idea of a meditative uh, comic book movie that wasn't all about action hmm. and that really moved really slow. I know that sounds strange. That's not a comic book movie. But I like the fact that Ang Lee tried to do that, mm. and I thought that that's not what made it a bad movie. Really well performed. It was the dialogue and the acting. I don't know. <laughs> There's a part of me that doesn't want to go back and watch it again, but so can, I don't so remember can, that. You can. I don't remember it being bad. Disillusion. I guess. Ah, Do you want to watch it with me? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I want to watch it with you because yeah. I came out of that movie thinking it was oh, that was a decent movie. It wasn't the best. But I thought it was a decent movie, yeah. and, and I did like the meditative comics yeah. aspect of it. And I don't know about bad acting or bad scripts. I guess, I guess I don't 
I didn't. I guess I didn't see it when I. I yeah, I don't. I, I people agree. People tear yeah, I, into it, and I don't hmm. see what they're tearing into about. Yeah. I don't think it's as bad yeah. as people make it out to be. Yeah. Um, just because the Hulk is only in it for like fifteen minutes, I have no problem with that. Yeah. That's actually okay. I don't think it's a great movie, and there are no, bits of that. bad dialogue. Um, <clears throat> but it's not. It's not just. A terrible wreck of a movie. I, it's I not the Expendables. It. Yeah, no. no. Um, and people make it out to be that. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of forgettable. It's and not I bad feel like all forget it. No. Yeah, no. Whereas the, on the other coin, The Breakfast Club is a film that I love and hate. <laughs> I, like the the only reasons I hate are because people make me watch it so much and quote it so much and say it's this amazing life changing film. But it is neat. Yeah. It is. And it I, is. I hate the fact that they say that because it might be. And I just don't want to be constantly reminded about it. And I've mentioned before how sometimes you'll go to parties and people make me watch it again. And I've seen it like 20 times. But it is still a wonderful, wonderful movie. It is a great movie. Definitely better than Hulk. And better than Hulk. Um, yeah. not, is... not a perfect movie by any means. No. No, but yeah. it's, it's a really fun movie to watch. Every time you do sit down to watch it, even though you dread watching it again once you get into it it pulls you in and you enjoy it you yeah. enjoy the experience uh whereas well, i don't know i've only seen hulk twice so seen it once i've never really i get so high on it but i've never really uh, seen it more than once so i don't know i just feel like it gets it's it gets like picked on and that sounds weird the whole oh. getting picked on oh. but i feel like he oh, needs oh, someone oh. to defend himself <laughs> you know and I like Eric Banner. Picky makes sad. Hulk going to go watch Breakfast Club. <laughs> Breakfast Club. Make Hulk feel better. All right. Oh, All right. Oh, goodness. All right. We got Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. This is interesting. Actually, video game movie versus uh, graphic novel movie. It's kind it of the same. It's, it's a comic yeah. book. It's a com There's a comic series. No. Yeah, uh, okay. It's the same. These are both bad movies. I can't say. Yeah. But, Sometimes these are the toughest decisions. But this is a really easy decision for me. Because there's a level on which I can enjoy Tomb Raider. Yeah. And Van Helsing was just like, I wanted to scratch my eyes out the entire <laughs> film. Uh, I, I forced myself to enjoy moments of Van Helsing. Like I, but I still came out of it like realizing that I had forced myself to like it. Mainly because I like Hugh Jackman. Yeah. yeah. And... Kate, Kate Beckinsale. Beckinsale, yeah. Yeah. Even though Kate Beckinsale yeah. really doesn't do good movies that often, like ever. But yeah. I still like her. Yeah. And there's a part of me that's like, she's pretty. Maybe she's a good actress. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> when Tomb Raider, yeah, there's some moments in Tomb Raider that I can like. Tomb Raider has, has cool moments and has scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Tomb Raider is watchable. Yeah. <laughs> it's very watchable. That's a good mm -hmm. way of putting it. It doesn't make it me want to turn it off. Yeah. 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 I can yeah. laugh at its cheesiness where I want to. Yeah. Punch myself. <laughs> I, could not, I could not. This is this is rare for me. I could not find a single redeeming thing about Van Helsing. Oh really? Yeah. The Hugh Jackman. I like Hugh Jackman. I thought he was awful in this movie. It's got some yeah. decent special effects. I think Kate Beckinsale's hot. I couldn't stand her in this movie either. Yeah. yeah. The makeup yeah. stuff isn't. And that made me angry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, that made me upset too. Yeah. Could not enjoy Kate Beckinsale. Because I like the Underworld movies. No, that's true. I like the first two. They're good. Well, the, pleasure. Pleasure. the third yeah. one doesn't have Kate. The two with Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. I enjoy. Okay. Alright. So I think we're going to read Conceptually, it should be really fun. Like, a guy who hunts down all the classic monsters. Exactly. It should have should been. should be fun. It should have been fun. And they screwed it yeah. up. Yeah. Last Airbender should have been fun. Uh, it had a CGI oh, huge Yeah. Alright. We're doing two right. So we're definitely picking two. Oh, two right. No. Uh, it's actually just how he looks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Dumb and Dumber versus Taken. I think we already went into Taken here. Yeah. 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 We could read before. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's massively overrated. I don't. I think it's. Well, we've talked about it. It's yeah. good, but Dumb and Dumber is one of those rare, crude. Um, Silly slapstick, silly slapstick comedies that just works yeah. and is amazing and you can watch again and again yes. and it's just um, it's just incredible you know, Jim Carrey's not really doing his typical shtick in that no. you go no. back and watch it it's not Ace Ventura no. or Liar Liar Jim no. Carrey shtick 
he's acting like a dumb idiot and it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what if he shot you in the face? Yeah. <laughs> My favorite line in the movie. So, so you're, you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something that I was lo- looking at taken now. I wish that the Expendables had gotten up to its level, like just kind of simple action. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> just mindless, dumb action. Because that's kind of what Taken is. It's just mindless, dumb action. It's a born ripoff. Yeah. And stuff blows up, people fight, but it's entertaining. No. It's not much more than that. I never feel the need to own it. Watching Liam Neeson yeah. beat guys up. Was good. That yeah. was very good. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's what Expendables should have been. But we should have seen people beat stuff up. I hated it. Yeah. 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 No. No. All right. So we're getting one dumb and dumber. Dumb and dumber. Yeah. yeah. Time yeah. for another one. Yeah. yeah. One. All right. One more. Last one. Then right. break our right. Go for some. Ooh. Yeah. Forrest Gump. Wow. Versus Requiem for a Dream. Now I love Requiem for a Dream. I also love Forrest Gump. So. Looking for a Dream is one of those movies, I know it's really, really good, but it, I just, it didn't do anything for no. Well, I mean, it did. <laughs> uh, certain things I wish I could erase from them. Because I actually saw the unrated. I haven't seen the yet. unrated version yet. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I would recommend. Yeah. I think the R-rated mm-hmm. might get that yeah. <laughs> across. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to see the unrated directors. Tom's yeah. looking very disturbed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Whereas, yeah. whereas Forrest Gump uh, is very is a very emotionally engaging movie for me. Mm-hmm. Forrest Gump is so brilliant in, and I know people complain about how it's contrived historically, but how it works that script out and that plotting through mm-hmm. history is so wonderful, and the mixture of drama and comedy literally flowing like simultaneously mm-hmm. is. Amazing, yeah. um, and it's an. I mean, it's Tom Hanks and Gary Sinise and Robert Wright. Hmm. Just some of the best I've ever seen. Robert, Robert Wright. Wright. Yeah, Robert. 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 <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, Robin Wright. That was before the operation. <laughs> <laughs> right, we got that. <laughs> Oh, so she's not Jane anymore. <laughs> James. <laughs> but so for me, I and Requiem is very, very, very good, and I love. Uh, I think Darren Aronofsky's amazing. Uh, Zemrick's it's kind of gone downhill from Forrest Gump. Oh, who? What? The director. Zemeckis. Zemeckis. I don't know how to pronounce his name. That was before so. the operation. <laughs> He's gone down. He hasn't really done anything that amazing since no, no, Forrest no. Gump. No. Um, but for me, I'd have to go Forrest Gump on this. I just no. love that yeah. film. Yeah, this is easy for me. No, yeah. yeah, this is very easy for me. It's got to be Forrest Gump. I mean, it's just, like you said, I mean, it's just so beautifully made. And it's just solid all the way through. Whereas uh, Record for a Dream. I'm not sure if I watched the Unrated or the R version, but... It was there. There were parts I. Don't well, let me ask you this: <laughs> Did it involve a scene with? No, I no, yeah, you know that's all right. This was enough for me to understand what you're asking, and <laughs> yes, I saw that scene. And did I do something with my hand? Yes. <laughs> and uh, subconscious. Let's just say maybe it was it had to be subconscious. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I know what the scene is that I don't need to see again. Okay. Anyways, so yeah, I mean. I have no hesitation watching Forrest Gump. None whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I can put on any time, day or night, you know, uh, Wrecking for a Dream. I, I would have to really think long and hard if this is what I want to sit down to watch. Yeah, I, I really like Wrecking for a Dream. I don't know if I could watch it again. Um, but I do think it's great filmmaking, great writing, incredible writing. Um, but, yeah, Forrest Gump is, it's a mundane epic, and I love that about it. And so, yeah, I'd have to go with Forrest Gump. It's an interesting description. Let's put a plug in. The mm. Selby Jr., uh, who wrote um, Recruiting for a Dream and Last Exit to Brooklyn, should definitely read those if you have it. Because mm. they are 
you want to talk about great writing. It's, yeah. And it's unique. It's not like anything you've ever read before, the way that he writes. He was not formally taught, and he doesn't give a crap for formal conventions as far as commas, periods, capitalization, hmm. dialogue, anything like that goes. And he doesn't... And there's a reason why Requiem for a Dream is so disturbing uh, content-wise. It's because he does... He has no limits that he's willing to go to, and it's mm. honestly worth—it's worth a read. If, if you could sit down through *Record for a Dream* and be disturbed in that way, um, and still think it's significant, it's worth reading. Uh, Hubert Seller Jr. Yeah. He actually cameoed as the prison guard at the end, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. Same with uh, Marlon Wayans. He, he might have. Starring yeah. the potatoes. He's. That was. Uh, he's old. I think he's. Pretty sure that was him. Yeah. yeah. Alright, so. I just think it was Okay. Uh, yeah, so we're going for us, Campbell, we're for a dream. Uh, that'll be the end of our Flip Chart segment this week. Uh, we also want to give a shout out to Flip Vice, the official podcaster mm -hmm. Flip Chart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have to. They were the first and the best. Mm -hmm. so. No, 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 not that. Mighty Python versus Dark Knight. No, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> no, no, about that. No, <laughs> I have so much to say. X out, don't let him <laughs> say anything. No, yeah. too bad. Okay. Oh. So, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I, I interrupted. Alright, so we are Incidental Dog at Flip Chart, so check us out. So, next week we are going to do something a little bit different. We are going to uh, look back over the summer and uh, the movies that came out. We're going to talk about them, what we liked about this summer, what we didn't like about this summer. Um, and rank them according to which movie was the best, worst, and everything in between. Um, so, what would you guys? What do you guys? What are you guys looking forward to talking about, uh, Tom? Mostly, I'm looking forward to talking about the movies that we haven't talked about, um, which is Iron Man Two, mm -hmm. um, Splice, which has generated a lot of discussion, uh, anger amongst us. Um, probably the most controversial movie. Some of in our group, murder. Um, uh, yeah, those two movies especially, I think, would be interesting to talk about. Uh, for me too. I mean, it's it's probably those two movies I want to talk about. Um, I wanna. I also want to get back into a discussion about uh, looking forward to talking about Toy Story three and Inception mm -hmm. and Scott Scott Pilgrim. Because in my mind, it's kind of those three for the top spot right now. Mm. And so I'm curious as I start processing this over the week, um, which one's going to come out. I want to see where you guys rank things. I want to... And I want to talk about... I hate the movie so much. So why do I keep talking about it? I feel like I'm just feeding it. Like, Splice. But I do. I want to yeah. talk about Splice. And I just want to shake my head at poor Adrian Brody. Isn't that what a good movie does? It generates... <laughs> The Expendables. Yeah, the Expendables has generated a lot of talking. It has made me think about like whether or not this world should go on. <laughs> whether or not it's expendable. Yeah. Ah, oh, freaking Expendable. Alvin. I want to keep going on about the Expendables. I'm actually really looking forward to hearing about all these movies that I haven't seen yet. So I'm just going to be experiencing it through your eyes. Wait, when are we doing this? Next week? Yeah. I'm going to have to cram a lot of movies in <laughs> between now and next IMDb. week. You're, you're not too far from the discount theater now. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I like to, I definitely want to see Toy Story 3. I'm looking forward to revisiting 18. Um, because yeah. I've thought about it a lot more since we've seen it. Yeah. Um, and I'm also looking forward to revisiting Predators. Because... That movie is actually, my opinion of that movie has changed quite a bit since yeah. we last talked about it. Okay. Yeah. What about Airbender? I don't ever want to even acknowledge <laughs> that existed. I want to wipe it from my memory. Okay. We still have to see it together. I want to yeah, talk about uh, I will. Is Despicable it Me, because we haven't, that was a movie oh. that we saw. Okay. We saw it during the week of yeah. Airbender. And we never really podcasted about it. We mentioned it offhand. I think we mentioned it in the Airbender podcast. Um, we said something like, "Go see Despicable Me instead." And Despicable Me is kicking butt in theaters right now. That's what we should have done instead of uh, Dinner for Schmucks. Like, yeah, Despicable same? Me. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. So it would have been, it was still around. We could have done that, but... Um, Wait, Steve Carell had two movies come out the same weekend? Yeah. No, no, it came out a, a weekend or so after. Right. Despicable Me came out the same weekend as Airbender or before. I don't know. We'll work that out next week. <laughs> but I, I, I want to talk about Despicable Me, because I've been thinking yeah. about it, and that's actually a really... I don't know if How to Train Your Dragon is going to get into the summer wrap-up or not. Hmm. I can't remember that's when it came out. Earlier, was that before Iron Man 2? Well, I would have yeah, liked to like, talk about How well, to Train Your Dragon. Well, that's two movies <laughs> that I may talk about, even though they're not summer movies, even though Tom glares at me. Um, Kick-Ass and How to Train Your Dragon. We're not letting you talk about Kick-Ass. Well, kick you, was you way can too try to stop me. You can um, talk about it, but... It's not going to be in our ranking, so you're just going to be like, you're going to be <laughs> well, the kid who's like, I, I, I have kick-ass! And we're going to be like, all right, I'm gonna, that's nice. I want to mention it. I want to mention it. Because I, it's definitely summer movie material. Alright. Feel free to make that argument. <laughs> I just, I do like kick-ass, but we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> Why? Why did you just arbitrarily pick that you're not going to talk about kick-ass? Because it's not like in it's the not right time movie. frame. Honestly, if... If What's How to Train time? Your Dragon was this before Iron Man 2, I, I, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. It's not a summer movie. Huh. I mm -hmm. think it was. I think it was before. We'll have to check. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. And I, I want to rank my summer movies. I want to look at my summer and think, how does this summer match up yeah. to last summer? Because if Previous I start... Because this summer has been terrible. Yeah. At least at the beginning. It was a, it, and, mm -hmm. like, and I don't want to have to bring in Kick-Ass and How to Train a Dragon and Shutter Island to make it better. Okay. Because Shutter those Island. are like three of the top movies of the year so far for me. And they weren't in the summer. Yeah. And that could, the same could be said maybe for years before, but we got to rank a summer on what we have yeah, in sure. front of us and okay. talk about that. Right. You know. Okay. Well, uh, that's all for this week of Incidental Dog. Um, you can check us out on the web at www.incidentaldog.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Incidental Dog. Uh, also, check out our flick chart, Incidental Dog. Uh, you can email us. You can email us, Incidental, Incidental Dog. Dog. Gmail. <laughs> <laughs> Gmail is the important part. Yeah, the at Gmail. Try to remember that. Wow. Dot com. Dot com. Um, and we will talk about summer movies next week. I like movies. <laughs>